0: Welcome to the Rams postgame show. My name is Victor Corona, a.k.a. Vic, the producer, and joining me live from Seattle is Gilbert Manzano, who does it for the OC Register and LA Daily News. Gilbert, uh, the season has come to an end as uh, the Rams lose in overtime to the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, unfortunately, they weren't able to help the Lions tonight. But uh, how are you doing, sir?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. That's it, right? Victor, no no more games for the Rams 2022 season. It's a little weird from uh, 11 months ago. They won the Super Bowl to uh, 12 losses this season to possibly not having Sean McVay next year. So it's funny you asked me about the game. I, for a second, forgot about overtime, Victor, because so much happened after the game because you start thinking about the future. And Sean McVay had a lot of questions about his future with the Rams. You know, even a quarterback, like a Baker Mayfield, what's your future going to be like? And then something scary happened. Uh, The rookie, Russ Yeast, was sent to the hospital with a pulmonary uh, contusion. Uh, He's in stable condition, but I think he's going to be okay. Everybody with the Rams was pretty optimistic that he's going to stay at the hospital overnight at a precaution. So that was good to hear. And then once you hear that, the good news, you start kind of thinking about the football side of it. And I know Sean McVay didn't want to talk about it. But the other part, too, they were playing for Bobby Wagner. That's it feels like a long kind of story, but uh, they really wanted that game for Bobby Wagner. They fought, but it felt like the, the, the theme of the season, right? The, the fight to the end, you come up short, and you just can't get it done.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I I as I watched that whole game from beginning to end, you loved the fight you saw from this team. They were they were in it from the beginning, you know. And at one point, you just felt like they were gonna pull out this win. And unfortunately for them, it seemed like the ball bounced the wrong way for them. And I mean, I, I you know I'll, I'll be one to say this because I I don't I'm not a person who likes to blame officiating, but there was a at least four calls that we'll get into that I wrote down that it, probably caused the detroit lions a playoff spot tonight and i'll say it in that way because you know the rams were pretty much playing for pride but i just kind of felt bad for people who were following the the who were rooting for the lions to get into the playoffs tonight whether you know they're and they're not now because uh it felt like felt like the seattle seahawks kind of backed in but in terms of that that was that was uh that was it, it was a great effort by the rams is what i'm trying to say
1: yeah, uh, I have a. I see a lot of people who who work for the Seahawks in a different room watching the game right now as we speak. Sunday Night Football, you know, just hoping the Detroit Lions pull it off. It's such a weird scenario where like the Lions needed the Rams to win, and now the Seahawks need the Lions to win. So it's kind of a weird dynamic. But yeah, but you kind of feel like maybe there's a little bit of justice when uh, Jason Myers missed that field goal at the end of regulation of the regular period, and he dunked it off the right crossbar there. So. You know They have more chances, and I, and I spoke to Ernest Jones in the locker room, and he's like, yeah, he's wanting to extend that game, keep it going. Like we're, we're, we're waiting for that one game-changing play, and then you see Baker Mayfield throw a downfield, downfield to Van Jefferson, which would have been kind of fitting. Like Remember Van Jefferson got the game-winning touchdown on Baker's first start, and they, he would have completed that to end his uh five starts with the Rams. It would have been perfect fitting, but – he threw the ball short. I'm not sure if somebody hit him. Maybe you could tell me that one, Victor, but he had a lot of pressure around him, and uh, Diggs got the interception, and that was pretty much the game there. But yeah, there was a lot of kind of weird penalties with uh, Jonah Williams being shoved into the punter. Uh, I think the Jalen Ramsey hit. It's a little questionable because Gino went into him, and he still got a flag for that. I, th- I think because Gino left, or I don't know if he left, but he was hurt and a little bit shaken up, and he came back to the game. But it was tough, but it, it just felt like the, the theme of the season right you just you're fighting you're fighting and it just wasn't your way and it felt like that for the rams but you know real quick here i want to see all this uh engagement here i love it got yeah, the, that's, welcome that's, back Compass in the house uh we'll be daniel calderon i know that name too what up to you man so i appreciate both of you guys being on
0: yeah no and uh i wanted to say i was gonna add them on here and and go off the comments there, but I'll say this in terms of the, of some of the penalties and then you, you uh, asking about it. So here we go. I'll, I'll break it down. I was going to leave it for later, but I'll I'll get into it now. So uh, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah Williams gets pushed into Dixon. That's one of them. That was with 847 to go in the game. And then, and then Seattle goes on a seven minute drive after that, which kills off five minutes off the clock. Um, that leads to them tying uh, the game at 16 with the 22-yard field goal by uh, Jason Myers. And then the other one that we forgot about, you, you brought up the Jalen Ramsey one. The last one should have been uh, on the interception by Quandrid, uh Diggs he should have been called for performing like conduct because he, he pointed at the sideline and pointed at Bobby Wagner after the interception. And even the broadcast kept talking about it. So that was another issue there. So it it was a bunch of blown calls there. Um, And I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't like to make this about officiating. You just want to move on, but yeah, there, those were really key uh, penalties you know, in the fourth and, and in, in overtime. Ooh, we lost, we lost audio. We lost your audio.
1: Sorry about that one on mute here because of a loud yeah. fridge and I forgot my bad, Victor. but I wanted, to, I wanted to bring up this comment from Daniel because uh, Robert Rochelle almost had that, uh, I guess, kind of a swipe to keep the ball out of the end zone for the touchback and you know, the momentum, it, the momentum, that, imagine put in the Seahawks at the one yard line. That would have been big. But it kind of reminded me, you know how you play uh, when you're when you're in class as an elementary student. You're playing paper football. You got to slide the, the football over to the end of the edge of the desk, and that's what Rochelle was trying to do, and he couldn't get it done. So yeah, uh, missed opportunities, penalties, all that.
0: Another one too.
1: And yeah, that was so, another one. So, so you know, I lost track of what happened, but I think at that point, when you get a kind of a a, a blessing and the doink off the crossbar, you got to get it done, and they didn't. Yeah. It didn't work out, so it just felt like you tried your best. And I think Ernest Jones was telling me in uh, I don't think I know Ernest Jones told me in the locker room that uh that he he hopes that Bobby Wagner appreciates the effort that they had because they didn't they weren't going to the playoffs, they have so many injuries. He could have easily melded it in and called it a call it a season, but they fought for Bobby Wagner, and that shows you the impact they had. So, you know, I, I think on that part for Bobby Wagner, it, it sucks that he couldn't get the win. But to see that effort and go into overtime, I think he left that that field thinking, okay, we did all we could do, and I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah, and you know, I was gonna start with the offense, but let's let's start with the defense because as uh uh who who I wanna give them credit here, uh we'll, we'll go with Gato. He said Jalen balled out and he really Jalen Ramsey really balled out. This was his best game uh as this season, and it was his first. Uh, His second career two interception game, the first since he was a Jaguar back in 2018 against the Steelers. So, I mean, um, yeah, just just talk about uh, uh, were you able to talk to Jalen Ramsey after the game? And what were people talking about in terms of his performance tonight?
1: Yeah, we, we were supposed to talk to Jalen Ramsey today because he didn't want to talk to us the next day for the locker room. Oh, that's right. Out. Now I know
0: why. Yes. Uh,
1: But he had to go to the hospital to be with Russ Yeast, and we couldn't talk to him. Maybe we'll talk to him tomorrow if we're scheduled, but obviously Russ Yeast is importance there. Uh, obviously, that's where he has to go. And I think the, the DB coaches, Jonathan Cooley, uh, Chris Shula, also went to the hospital to be with Russ Yeast. And, you know, I spoke to Quentin Lake about it, too, and he, and, and he was kind of like... You know, wonder what was happening, but it sounded like everybody heard good news, and that's okay. But in terms of Jalen Jalen Rand's performance, to get two interceptions, and the the first thing that I thought when he got that first one on the first play, when he jumped the route on on DK Metcalf, was like the way the first one ended, the first game, where he gave up the game-winning touchdown to DK Metcalf, and he was just annoyed, frustrated with himself. Like, he knows he could do better. And to come back here and get that first interception, get two interceptions— and then hold, I want to say a Metcalf to like 40 yards or for three catches. And Metcalf didn't get a catch until like late in the first half, his first time. So I think I'm pretty sure that you could call it a shadow today, right? From Ramsey following yes. the Metcalf. So that was good to see. And for him, who's had a very rocky year to end out, at least on a personal level, it was a great game by Jan- Jalen Ramsey. But Victor, this whole Shaman may thing, I know we'll get into it, but I really feel like what's going to happen with this core here with Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Uh, Matthew Stafford, what's going to happen to the future? But at least on this game here, uh, Jalen Ramsey showed that he's still one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL
0: yeah and we we'll get we'll get to mcBay uh soon i just i wanted to give you some credit here because you hit on both your keys to the game and your player matchup so your player matchup was ramsey against dK Metcalf which you just told us was uh what his performance was and then also you know he, he you said that uh the defense needed some takeaways. And guess who came up with the takeaways? It was all the Jalen Ramsey show on defense. So I just wanted to make sure we gave you credit for that.
1: Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, I to get some good insight on the preview show, and sometimes I hate it, sometimes I don't. And uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's good effort, and I think we've seen that the whole time. Like Agato was saying here, great effort with lesser talent, and they made it work with what they have. And even like a guy like Taylor Rapp, man, stepped up on defense. It sucks that Rusty's couldn't complete his first career start. But that was awesome to see. Quentin Lake even almost had an interception, but he dropped it at the end. But at least it was a stop and forced the Seahawks to punt. So, you know, a lot of players who were young on this defense stepped up. And I I feel like, you know, they really needed that from Jalen Ramsey to at least contain DK Metcalf because we know what Tyre Lockett could do. And he did it in this game against Troy Hill to get that 36-yard touchdown. A lot of speed there from Lockett. But for the most part, it was a great defensive effort because, Uh, when you're facing Kenneth Walker, Geno Smith, and DK, and all the guys I mentioned, Ty Lockett, to keep them to 16 points for four quarters and then the field goal at the end, that's pretty impressive for a
0: defense without Aaron Donald and pretty much the entire interior defensive line. And um, in terms of the in terms of the offense, I'll, I'll keep it short because I I really want to spend whatever time we have with you. Um, we I want to talk about uh, McBay. So I just want to just give another shout out to Cam Akers as as we talked about. This was uh, his game. Like we we said, uh, the Seattle's run defense wasn't that good coming in, and you know, um, Cam Akers, uh his with. Finished with his third straight 100 yard game, uh, he now has 410 yards in his last four games, and I mean he's had he's broken some big runs. He, he also had a 32 yarder in this game, so I mean it's looking good at, uh, for Cam Akers as he closed out the the season after the tumultuous uh, you know episode that he had midway through. So I just wanted to make sure we we talked about him before we moved on.
1: Yeah. You know, it it was a commitment to the running game because they knew that the Seahawks are are not good at uh, stopping the run. And for the first quarter, it it was a struggle because I think they had like five total yards in the first quarter. And then Cam Akers broke out for the 32 32 yard run uh, to the right side of the field on third and one. And he had 21 carries. And that's what he couldn't get in the first part of the season is the carries. Also, the offensive line was banged up. A lot of things went wrong, but you got to get your touches. And. I think this offense really evolved to kind of cater to Cam Akers. Like he was the one guy who was really contributing. And I know Akers doesn't do too well when they're playing out of the shotgun and, and things like that. But when you play in the eye, you play old school football, Cam Akers, kind of a smaller dude, gets it done. He can run between the tackles. He's pretty shifty, you know, physical runner. And, you know, they try to play some keeper too with, with Baker Mayfield just to kind of keep him and moving around the pocket because the Seahawks' pressure got to him pretty early. So, Having a balanced attack, keeping Baker on the run, on the bootlegs, and all things like that uh, helped out for the offense. But it was just like a, a struggle. It felt like to that Van Jefferson, I want to say 35-yard completion in the second quarter, uh, it wasn't much happening for the passing game. So, you know, you get the flashes from Baker Mayfield and with Van Jefferson and 2-2 Atwell. 2 got a touchdown, too, on a nice sweep there. Uh, but it just felt like a typical Rams offense in 2022. It just everything comes hard, not easy.
0: Yeah, no. And, and and that's been that's been the case, you know, as they closed out the season and with make Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker Mayfield didn't do much today, thirteen of twenty-six, one forty seven in and interception, and then as you talked about bound Jefferson three for sixty one yards and that thirty five yard uh reception that you talked about. But outside of that, there wasn't much. I mean, it was again the Cam Maker show um this uh against the uh Seahawks. So I mean uh, you know, and and you know they've done as much as they could with the talent they have, and so there's there wasn't a, a big expectation from ba- Baker Mayfield, but at least they were able to uh, uh, play for to his uh, strong abilities, and that was to roll him out and and put him on the move, and and you know to to keep him away from that pressure. So I, I like. I like the game plan today, and they almost, as we talked about, we, they almost pulled out the win. Uh, they kept it closed, and, you know, they had a chance in overtime. So there's not much more you can do after that.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it was an uphill battle for this, for this 2022 offense, and tomorrow on Monday we'll talk to Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, so we'll know more about the future of the other players. But uh yeah, we should start talking about Sean McVay before I head out, right?
0: Yep. So Daniel Calderon wants to know, is there any info on McVay uh, inside Rams are saying more likely he is leaving? So what, what's what's the update with him?
1: Well, on Friday, we started the conversation but by, n- by not being straightforward. I, I asked the question and I said, you've been open and honest about how tough and challenging this season has been in 2022. So I thought it was kind of an appropriate question, at least in my part. So people didn't like the question. But, you know, when you hear reports about him possibly leaving, I asked him, when you have a tough season, did you ever at one point question would you, whether you want to be a coach anymore? Because you won the Super Bowl, and now you go through this kind of really crappy season. You get tired. You've been doing it since you're 30. I know this doesn't sound like a long time, but maybe he wants to reverse it, coach, and then enjoys kind of his youth, you know? You know, he's married. He wants to have kids, all that. So, maybe at some point you're thinking like, F this, I don't want to be coaching. Them. And he said, no, he said it, it really improved his passion for the game, which is good words. If you're a Rams fan, you want to have your coach be passionate about what, what he's doing. Uh, and then uh, Jordan Rodriguez followed up by saying, how do you handle speculation when people are always going to come after you to be a TV analyst when you don't say, I'm going to be back next year. And, he's, and, he, and again, he said, I have interest in being a TV analyst in the future. We just don't know when the future is going to come. And then obviously Adam Schefter uh, had a report saying that he's going to really think about it, like seriously, I guess, and to pick it up from there. So when the, the postgame presser came today after the, the, the loss to the Seahawks, we pretty much said no more being around the bush, flat out. Are you going to come back and coach the Rams in 2023? He declined it. So to me, when you have a decline like that, it makes me feel like you're you're really considering taking a TV job. I don't know where it's going to come from, maybe from Fox because the Rams play in the NFC and he's familiar with Fox. Or maybe Amazon says, hey, let's try again and, and maybe kick out somebody and make a job for you. But when he passed on all that money last year to come back to deal with this kind of crap for 12 losses in one season, it makes you wonder, is that opportunity still stay out there? And he will get it because he's really good as, as a TV guy. And we've heard it in the preseason when he's calling plays he has that great memory. He can uh, memorize everybody's name and stuff like that and plays from 2014. They're always going to be calling. So we gave him opportunities multiple times to flat out say, no, I'm going to be here next year. I I have a contract. He could have been like, I signed an extension. This obviously, why are you asking me these questions to kind of not give an answer? Right. Like that's you point to the contract and say, Hey, that's where my answer is. And then when he does take the job, he'd be like, I never said, no, I just said, I signed the contract. That's an easy way. And he's not doing it. So to me, He's trying to kind of be borderline not to say the wrong things and not lie, but he's thinking about it. And then he said he's going to think about it. I think we're going to ask him again tomorrow Monday, are you going to take this TV job, wherever it's coming from? But he's going to say, again, I need time to think about it. So it's going to drag on throughout the offseason. And say he comes back, Victor, it's going to happen again next offseason and the season after that because he's just that valuable when it comes to TV jobs and uh, something will be waiting for him. But we got to figure out because – I think part of it too is like what happens with Stafford, what happens with Aaron Donald, uh, what happens to this core group here, because I think he's committed to Stafford and Aaron Donald. But one of those guys say, "Hey, I retire," or yeah, maybe, maybe, crazy. or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe Sean McVay says, "I'm done." Ad is like, "I'm done too." Stafford says, "I go elsewhere." It just creates a whole domino effect, and I, I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. But one thing that I keep going to Victor before I let you kind of give your two cents is why is this just really reaching, but it's just kind of a thing in my head. Why is the OC Liam Cohen trying to go back to Kentucky when he's an OC in the NFL? Like, I think he has aspirations to be a head coach in the NFL. He was trying to go back to Kentucky. Maybe he knows something that we don't know. And it, and that information might be that McVay is leaving. Why would you stick around when you know the guy that you want to be working with won't be back, won't be back next year?
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good observation on your part. I mean, there, there has to be, like, as you talked about, I mean, one of the things that I keep going back to is um, can, uh, Matthew Stafford saying that he's coming back. So, uh, as you talked about in terms of the, the domino, I want to know which domino falls or first who talks about it first, who says I'm coming back. And I think that's, that's going to be the answer. I think it all starts with the exit interviews tomorrow. Um, so if you're, if, if i if I'm everybody who's listening right now to this, make sure you're locked in to our um, YouTube channel because Gilbert's going to have, all the reaction from the exit interviews tomorrow so make sure you're locked in because you know it's it's if it if it's going to happen it should happen right away because the Rams need to know uh, so they can start looking for another coach uh and then and then then as you talked about the the whole domino effect then what where does that put AD and and also Matthew Stafford I mean Matthew Stafford has a you know, a, a bad uh, back condition. So that's another thing you have to keep in mind. And, you know, they're looking towards their future. How much pounding does he want to take, especially if like McBay is in there. And you're also talking about Maker Mayfield. So it's going to be a full off season for the Rams, especially coming off this season. So make sure you're locked on House of Horns because we'll have you covered.
1: Yeah, you know, me and Victor, we're thinking about doing a, an episode next week. It won't be a game for you because there's no more games, but we'll do kind of a closeout at the end of the season to answer all these questions after the locker room and clean out. Maybe we'll do a Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll discuss it later, Victor, and figure it out, just like Sean McVay is discussing his future later on too. Uh, but it's just going to be interesting because, you know, maybe, you know, Matthew Stafford says, hey, you know, I'm coming back. The ball's in your court, Sean McVay, putting the pressure on him. But you know, this is—I just kind of remember. This is the last thing I'll say here. Uh, I think they—they could afford to be a little patient because they already have their coach. They—they they have. I feel like Raheem Morris. I think Raheem Morris would probably be the leading candidate to get that job. And if you get Raheem Morris, maybe that means Ramsey wants to keep playing with the Rams. Aaron Donald wants to come back because they all love Raheem Morris. I don't know. I don't know what that means for the offense, but I think they really like Raheem Morris. And that could be a good thing for the defense, like Bobby Wagner guys like that. They want to come back and play for him more. So that would be my leading candidate to get the job. I feel like.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, at least as you talked about, they they'll have their their coach. Uh, I mean, kind of like what Tampa Bay did. They just promoted their defensive coordinator to coach so I mean the plan is there if that's what they choose to do but I'm sure they're going to try and look elsewhere and see how what else is out there if that's the case but we'll find out tomorrow during the exit interview so uh, before you go though uh, Gilbert give us uh, not only your 12 pack of beer player of the game as well as uh, go ahead and plug away Uh, I did see a couple of your stories that posted so let the people know what you got uh, on deck
1: Yeah, so the stories right now, I think kind of like a combo story with the Bobby Wagner return to Seattle and Sean McVay's future. That's at the OC Register right now. Check it out. A lot of details in that story. And then for the notebook, I just let off with Baker Mayfield because I feel like tomorrow I'm going to have so many stories to write that I won't even get to Baker Mayfield, so might as well do it now because Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Matthew Stafford, they're all scheduled to speak. I think Aaron Donald might not speak tomorrow, but he has definitely – committed to talking to us on zoom in the near future so we'll figure ad's future pretty soon but yeah a lot of uncertainty here and i don't know what the score is here but uh apparently lions are, are playing with pride real quick uh <laughs> but uh you said for the 12-pack right or final thoughts yes,
0: yeah the 12-pack just go ahead and
1: yeah i i just, I just think it's Jalen ramsey and bobby wagner Jalen had a great performance Bobby wagner you know almost pulled it off he had a big hit on Geno smith to start overtime I, I thought at one point that he's going to say, i I'm going to do it myself, you know, but right. uh, for those two guys to hold this team afloat and even Rob Havenstein might as well to get, get in there for for that. The, the three tall cats, the modelo, uh the in packs there, three captains to hold this team afloat, keep them fighting to the end for a really bad nightmare season. But it didn't look like it on the field. I know they got blown out a couple of times, but for the most part, they, they held it down. And that's credit to those three captains, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and for me, I'll say it's Cam Akers. I mean, what he's done to turn around his season. Now he's looking ahead to next season, going in as the top running back. Uh, we'll see what happens with the coaching staff. But in terms of this, was great to see from him, him respond and and you know finish the season with 410 yards, you know, in four games. It's been it's been great to see the turnaround, and so that you know. He hope he enjoys that talk can of uh, Modelo as well. Um, so with that, I mean that's pretty much it. I know you got to go. Um, so uh, go ahead and close us out. Uh, and I just want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you for 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 listening, for watching. You know, I wanna I wanna shout out uh, all of our guys who've been on here to, tonight and they've been following us throughout the season. You know, uh, San Antonio Gato. We got Daniel Calderon. You know, uh, we also have Sir Randolph and of course our friend Alonzo Takanga. So thank you for being in the comments and for listening. And, uh, you know, we can't thank you guys enough for making this uh, our first season a success covering the Rams on House of Horns.
1: Yeah, it was a great first season, but, you know, we're just getting started here. We're going to provide more Rams coverage and you know i enjoy doing these post game shows i know they're kind of quick because either i'm getting kicked out from the locker room or i have a deadline story and i appreciate everybody being patient but i like doing it live because i get to see the comments and just kind of be part of the engagement maybe in the future live is not the way to go but i'm enjoying it so far so let us know what you prefer live or kind of what we do with the preview and just post them out at a later time but uh, I know I don't want to. I don't. I, I know people prefer 30 minutes of content, but uh, we're doing our best here, and I appreciate it. Uh, but on that note, Victor, thank you as well for getting everything set up and ready to go. Uh, but we are already officially done with the 2022 regular season. Let's enjoy some playoff football and uh, figure out what's going on with the future of McVeigh and the rest of the crew. So on that note, ya ¡nos vamos! Pues, vámonos.